Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. My friend Gail, Jules the Gail Gail, Jules Gillian Guilford of That is my name. Is his full name. First of all, the title part of podcast, I'm Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. You baby, you baby, you baby. Second of all, massive thank you to everybody who sent us their graphics for the Spotify wrapped stuff, saying that the What Culture Gaming podcast and the UBP were some of their most listened to shows of the whole year. That was incredible to see. Thank you all very, very much. And we genuinely couldn't do it without you. We rely entirely on community stuff to be able to do this in the first place. There are very few times... Uh across my internet tenure where i am genuinely <laughs> humble uh but this this is the knocked me on my ass just to see that there were so many people that were listening to all of the quality shows that we put out on the mm-hmm. one culture gaming podcast side like i am so happy to be part of a team but i know big props to you scott because you Aww. pretty much single-handedly manage all of this and make sure that all <laughs> of these strings are pulled in the right direction and then Thank there's you. me josh and benroy just go <laughs> <laughs> i'm just sort of a, i'm like a ski lift i sort of go back to the top every now and then you hop on and then we just fly down for a bit and then i'll it hop needs, back it, on yeah it needs oil again. every once in a while because you're just like well <laughs> this goes around but the yeah, corner thank you very much i think um yeah i obviously couldn't do it without you guys obviously couldn't do it without you specifically and i couldn't do it without everybody uh helping us along so i think we've got a nice little big thing love. going big love all around i think we've got a nice little thing going the ubp is brilliant and the wind up on monday and the main show on wednesday gets mm. tell your friends i was gonna say get subscribed it's probably why you're here go tell your friends <laughs> make it even bigger so yeah this week um, or every time we do the entitled banter podcast we just ask you guys whatever you'd like us to talk about and um, Obviously, we had a massive response this week because we had all the Spotify stuff helping us get out there. Um, So we've got more out of left field, just just all sorts of questions. Uh, Gaming stuff is in here, but also all sorts of different things. So we'll get to as many different talking points and questions as we can. Um, First one from TJ, who says, Canadian asking the UK, pancakes with maple syrup for breakfast. Also, best Super Mario (laughs) minigame. Was there a question mark behind the the pancakes question? Because otherwise it's a statement. And that is a very different thing. (laughs) Pancakes with maple syrup for breakfast? Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, he, he's like, oh, Canadian ask in the UK. That is, what else are you putting with pancakes? I mean, I'll put a sausage with it. I'll put sausage and, and syrup on there. But it's, well, yeah, of course you do. Some syrup. people put ice cream on it. Some people oh, put, like, oh. different sort of, like, bits, like compots on the side. But the yeah. question really here is, because we're all agreed that pancakes for breakfast with maple syrup is yes. an absolute stone-cold classic. The <laughs> real question is, crispy bacon or regular bacon? 
Because the I, Americans, they love their shards of bacon glass that mm. break in their mouth and cut the roof of their mouth. I do love the, uh, the, I like the crispy stuff, but I think it can get too much. You can get those people who double down on it, like you said, and it's just, it's barely a food stuff at that point. It's more just like a weapon. Like I could probably rob a bank with it or something. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not really- Holding somebody up a bacon point. <laughs> yeah, like a big old like manhunt style. But I think, yeah, I um, I don't know. I mean, like I, my, I, this is blowing my mind as I'm speaking because who's out there not experience the fact that he has to ask the entire nation to be like <laughs> are you guys not putting syrup on pancakes like what, like what are you doing? believe it or not i know that like the uk uh or england uh, as a whole we we're kind of a little bit backwards when it comes to the culinary <laughs> stuff like um we were looked down upon for ages by the french for their culinary like uh, right. expertise and like we're a bit backwards in that sense but we don't just sit around having dry Weetabix in a in like an antique bowl for breakfast. We don't just like have our butler pour dry like tea on our face and that's it. Like we yeah. actually do experience other stuff. Like for example, there's some mad cereals out there. Have you ever tried the <laughs> the joy slash heart attack slash sugar coma that is the Lion Bar cereal? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. I was oh, like, made with all the all the marshmallows in it. It's very American. Lucky we, Charms. That Lucky is Charms. Oh, no, don't don't pick up, no, don't pick up the Lucky Charms. Jobs. They're stale. They're awful. It's literally they're just like <laughs> everyone's like, oh yeah. It? It's like oh yeah, I'll be I'll be prepared to pay five pounds for a box here in the <laughs> UK <laughs> just so I can get a handful of dusty, crusty marshmallows. Hell yeah! Do you remember when we were when we were kids uh, back in the day when it was like Ricicles did like a marshmallow spinoff for a bit? Oh yeah, and then oh, they were only yeah. around for like were they a few the planets weeks, Ricicles so. planets? Is that what they're yeah, called? something like that? And then they went away, and then uh, we like we started getting the American Lucky Charm thing, and I was oh my god, they're coming back! But it wasn't that. It was like this other company and like you said it's just a bowl of sugar and dryness but the but the marshmallow is in there it's it's you know it's close my favorite bit is when you get the uh, like the Audi or Lidl's knockoff brands ones, where instead of like Crave, it's like nougat pillows or something. Like that. You're just kind of like, what are you trying to do here? Semi lucky charms, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but he also said, uh, "What's the best Super Mario mini game?" Now, in my head, I don't know if he means the likes of you know going down one of the race tracks in Mario 64 where you're racing like a penguin, or does oh, he I mean see. Super Mario uh, Party mini games? Because that's a whole other world what does what does your mind go to when you think of super best best super mario minigame because that is when technically I, the franchise i always think of like mario party when the words minigame mm. get attached to it so i'll have to go for the i don't even know what the name is it but i just call mm. it the the rollo bolo which is basically <laughs> where you just roll around on those big balls and try and knock each other off the ice things oh, um, you mean, and, I, yeah. and i like that one because of the fact that it's a very simple to get to grasp with and b mm. it is balked to all hell because it is so broken depending on like the certain ai settings that you go for mm -hmm. you can literally stand still and have them knock each other off <laughs> do anything and i'm like i love this game the thing is i hadn't i've like i'm just just full admittance i've not played or hadn't played a mario party game until 2021 until like last month when i got mario party superstars oh, I just, you got I the never... new one did you yeah 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 like i mean i like it's really really good like i knew what mario party was but i've never played one and i've always watched people do it like they always divide rooms people either hate the randomness of it or love how stupid it is and I'm, I'm like loving it so I'm like I'm really enjoying it but I get why people would be would be bouncing off it but yeah I love the one that you just mentioned and um, there's one where you're rolling around as like bricks and you've got to squish people I love all the ones where it's like one versus three where you're just sort of taking everybody on you're throwing a boulder down a hill and you got to squish people yeah I like yeah, that yeah. one but there's, I mean there's... I know these like 20 year old opinions but still 
there's one where like I think it's on one of the newer games where one of you's like uh, working with King Boo and you've got it. You can oh. only move when they're like facing the other way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one. That's, there's that's one quite good. When you go through Bowser's castle and you're working with someone, you got to go like left, right, left, oh, right. So cool. like do like step at a time. Anything like that where you've got to do actual teamwork, I always like. But yeah, the um, I, I was going to say in summary, good pancakes, good Mario <laughs> mini games. It's all good. Next question from Brennan, who says, "What's the most disappointed you? Well, sorry, what's the most disappointing game you've ever played?" Doesn't necessarily have to be the worst just that your expectations of it were all-time favorite yeah. to never okay. play it past the first weekend i've got my answer locked and loaded for Ooh. this and it is left alive because i <laughs> wanted that game to be so much better than i thought it was going to be because i was pulled in uh-huh. by i can't remember the name of the artist who does yuji all the shinkawa. artwork yuji shinkawa amazing artist yes, but i'll get a solid guy that's the thing that's what he's known for like like in the video game world mm-hmm. so therefore when you see his artwork attached to a new project by square enix that promises the kind of the over-the-top characters that they're known for and, and there's the mechs self- in it they're yeah there's mechs in it like, like, Metal Gear. they literally were just saying like ah so it's a bit of a rip-off but you know it's going to be brilliant mm-hmm. um but that was the biggest like lie i'd ever been told at that point because <laughs> i was on full board to be like oh this is going to be my game it's going to be final fantasy meets the uh, metal gear craziness i'm here for it mm. and then i got that game I played it and I was like, ah, oh, you've forgotten to actually implement some decent stealth mechanics. Game, yeah? yeah. Right. So have you actually played it? No, that's the thing. I like I love Yoji Shinkawa. I've got all the Metal Gear art books and everything, love Kojima, whatever. But like when that thing was getting previewed, I was like, well, it's very much trading on Metal Gear. And I yeah. I didn't get into the hype. I was like, I'll believe it if I see it. Like just having one artist on board wasn't enough to convince me it could play well. And then when the reviews were dog and you were like, it's abysmal, I was like, yeah. I'm gonna run the other way then, because this seems not good. So I've got this like uh, thing where I don't like reviewing games to give them bad scores. I'd only mm. review games that I actually would recommend other people get because mm-hmm. like I'll save the absolute slag fest, as it were, to go at it. <laughs> I'll save that for a list or a future video, but I don't uh-huh. like wasting my time going through and trying to give it a breakdown as to why it's bad when I just can't bring myself to just be like, hey, this is absolute this hot is garbage. This not worth your time, yeah. Yeah, so it's not worth your time to even watch a review mm-hmm. of it. So that's what I felt when I played Left Alive. And I think that the moment that I gave up on it was it spent about 20 or so minutes building up this whole thing of like, oh, you can place traps around and lure Mm. enemies into them. And I was like, this sounds quite interesting. I'm on the back foot. I don't have the ammo. They walked through my trap. It went off and they just, they just did, they took about three points of damage. They were and I was left like, alive, you might Yeah, say. they were left alive. And I was left absolutely stone cold dead and my enthusiasm along with it. My thing, um, I've never been more disappointed by a game than Mass Effect 3, although I've never. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, like Mass Effect 1, like it's still, Mass Effect 1 is one of my favorite games of all time. Mass Effect 2 at the time was absolutely phenomenal, still brilliant now. But going into 3, I was just, I couldn't believe how, because it was, it was the beginning of the EA getting their tendrils in and messing stuff up, period. And then there was all the rumors of um, the fact that, oh my God, EA had made it so that, um, you know, character specific um, character Yavik was not on the disc. It was DLC only. And there was all that stuff. And then when the game actually finally came out, the reality of that was just crushing and the story being such a mess. the end of it and everything that is the most i've ever been disappointed by something but i've never abandoned anything i've never like not finished it because if i'm looking forward to it that much i'll have to see it through just so i really know what it is yeah that is that is a testament to your uh (laughs) to your drive to complete stuff because the amount of time i have i mean i just I don't know. I think um, to some degree, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, but I love that game still. I'm still like 120 hours into it. I just mm-hmm. think I accept that it's not what they sold, but I still had an absolute blast with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think parts of that, but yeah, I've never just gone F this game. I'm not getting through it. I, I've always been like, I invested so much of my time in the run up that I'm going to have to see what this is, uh, even if it's an absolute abysmal thing. Madness. But, um, 
<laughs> it is madness. But these are the thoughts you have at half two in the morning. You've got to get through. Yeah, true. Um, next question from Vin Van Meel, an absolute legend in himself, who says, which game sequel changed the formula for the better? Jack 2 came from Jack 1 and brought all the metal and attitude. Perhaps Spider-Man 2, because they decided pizza delivery missions worked better in an open world. Also, <laughs> what's your comfort TV show? I guess you could tackle this however you want. Okay, so comfort TV show that I mm -hmm. would put on is probably either something like a comedy that I can just dip in and out of it, like mm -hmm. Bob's Burgers or The American Office. I did enjoy sure. up until like, um, uh, what's his name? God, I can't even remember his name. I was going to call him Michael Scott. But I can't remember the, seen the UK. Well, um, I've never seen The American when, when he goes. I can't remember his mm -hmm. name. I'm sorry, Michael mate. Um, yeah, it's Michael Scott is the character's name, and I can't remember. Oh, Steve. Steve. No. Is it Steve? It's, it's something. Why, why is it so? Why is it I hate Frank. All this I can is, think of is Steve Amell, and it's because I watched a random wrestling match with him in the other day. It's not him. This is the thing that I hate the most about being on the air quotes internet <laughs> is that you know this. And as soon as I finish this podcast, Steve Carell, Steve Carell thank you. I just vamp for Chevy. No, it's not something he remembers. <laughs> so I'll put something on like that. Uh, just a nice chill uh, thing. I like, I wouldn't be able to just go and say, like, The Wire is, by all accounts, Ooh. my favorite TV show ever made because yeah. i've just finished watching it with the missus like we've nice. literally just gone through it together and i walked away from it going i finally understand why people big this up so much right, right. there wasn't a single bit of fat on the project mm -hmm. and while there was like season five arguably maybe didn't need to happen overall as an experience loved it but i couldn't say that that's my favorite casual viewing thing because no. it requires a lot of investment from you to keep pace with the show yeah. i need something that i just literally Zone in, zone out. Ha ha ha. That's funny. That's not funny. Whatever. Oh, like. Yeah, mine mine would entirely be um Simpsons between seasons one and eight. Oh. Or just anything friends before season nine-ish. Okay. Um, because like I mean that show has aged in a million different ways. And some <laughs> of them are horrific, and some of them are like, oh, you guys were going for something. That's cool. But then yeah, but I grew up on Friends. It's I think it's one of the best written comedies of all time. I can just dip into that thing, left, right, and center. I think more recently, um, it's become stuff like Rick and Morty, but like the older seasons, I feel like the new stuff yeah. um is a bit more hit and miss but um yeah like you said it's got to be something where you can just drip like drop into it like like yeah. i said old school simpsons my disney plus is literally a simpsons subscription for me <laughs> i'm not watching anything else on that entire service um so there is that um but in terms of uh sequels that changed the formula for the better jack 2 would have been one of my shouts i know it's such a completely different thing um in yeah. regards to like it made it like an open world like an angry angst game but yeah i mean that's like a bit of a tough thing in terms of they changed it for the better it's rare that they change that much anyway i tend to think of you know sequels in obviously movies and stuff you're going back to a, a narrative you're trying to find a specific plot thread to tease out to stretch out to go again whereas in gaming you've got the engine already made you've got the gameplay stuff already in motion so it's a lot of let's just do this again but better so i'm actually struggling on sequels that notably change stuff um, I feel like it would be sequels that like perfected stuff like Assassin's Creed 2 or God of War 2 yeah. or Halo 2 um, in my case. But, I would say I mean, well, Halo 2 yeah. going online was a big old change. That, that's that. a huge change, actually. That actually changed the face <laughs> of the game entirely, really, when you think about it. Because mm -hmm. like going from like a... Like, it just opened up stuff in such a way that now infinite drops with its multiplayer first before the mm -hmm. campaign because it's become actually oh, yeah. synonymous with the experience oh so my god go. by the by the time we next talk on cam the halo yeah. infinite will be out and i i mean i'm i'm oh, like it four, will. 
50 hours or whatever into the multiplayer now, but I'm just counting the days. I can't the wait to play that campaign, the, to be fair. Till the chief is here, till the chief's in. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to him. Chief Leaf, can't wait. To go, to go back to the question, I think that uh, my sequel that would change everything would probably mm. be the shift from Dynasty Warriors 1 to 2, like a huge fan okay. of the series. So that was obviously like a fighting game. And mm. then it's suddenly gone to like the, uh, what we know of it now, the uh, the sort of pseudo one versus a thousand level design that mm. they had there. And mm. to be fair, that was the best decision they ever made because even though it's been the same game for let me check my watch uh decades now <laughs> um it's still managing to roll out the laughs and enjoyment for me mm. so there we go i think like i said before i think it would just be something like halo 2 but i mean if you yeah. have halo 1 on pc you could take it online but 2 was the one that for me was that changed how i thought of first person yeah. shooters it changed the the everything about that discovering online communities and everything else um i just i still adore halo 2 um, mm -hmm. Next question from The Second Shard. What game franchises would benefit from a slight genre shift? I, for example, can't fathom why Ubisoft haven't made Rayman a Metroidvania. Honestly, it keeps me up at night. Now, I love that. I think that's incredible. That's a great take. If we had Rayman Legends-style platforming with a nice, I guess you would call it an open world, but like a Metroidvania map thing, I would devour that. I, I was I was the absolute mad lad back in 2013 or whatever Rayman Legends came out, going, this is better than Mario. Playing oh, 100%. It going, this like, like, is it's a sublime. In, in terms of like level design, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of everything mm. about it, it's just a, you know, when people use the expression, like it's a love letter to like yes. uh, old school platformers. This is mm. like the romance novel with the comedy lipstick I, marks like, all over it. It's, oh, it's perfect, it was like a thing at the, at, the, at the start of the 2010s when you had the Ubi art uh, division within Ubisoft yeah. and you got yeah, like yeah. Valiant Hearts and Child of Light. And then they also Valiant did the art Hearts. stuff. Oh, Valiant Hearts. Like the idea that like Ubisoft now would do a almost side scrolling 2D, very well researched war extrapolation of what it means to go to war is yeah. not at all where they are now where they're doing far cry 6 and, and assassin's creed infinities in development and i'm just sort of like well that old school bit where they were like aesthetic first art direction first mm -hmm, mm -hmm. charm overall like that was i mean and rayman came out of that too where i was like yeah. this is phenomenal the music levels in the rayman games where you're like playing along to black betty but you're jumping each like yeah. drum beat that's so the, cool the, the worst thing is is that out of the rayman franchise the rabbits have taken over and it's just like oh <laughs> hey, i, love the I cannot I, yeah but i can't think of something that i hate more than them because the fact <laughs> the that like, minions I look at them, movie? yeah it's because the, it's because they are minions <laughs> they are absolutely idiotic they don't like speak they do that sort of thing they're just completely child friendly and you know what there's a bit of me that understands why they've done that it yeah. is insanely marketable as an idea I love but them. every time i look at them i just think that we're not getting another rayman game because this is more <laughs> successful than him a little plonker oh. like this has come along and taken his own what, franchise if they did a, a, a rabbits game that played like rayman legends i would devour that i'd love that no don't you dare do yeah. that to me scott because That'd that be means great. that we're not getting a rayman That's game fine. but we're getting a rabbits game no i'm, I not, I'm not supporting this <laughs> i just like the way that they play the way rayman legends plays if i could play as a little bundle of rabbits like bouncing around all like they're all trying to be a group but they keep getting separated and they bounce around i would love that and i could hit a button that makes them go i would i would love that to be honest i'd like to, them to take the Dead Rising franchise, right? Mm. And turned that into a massively uh, open, like online um, experience. Because okay, ima yeah. imagine going into a city Ooh. that is filled with like those literally hundreds of thousands of zombies with all of those crazy weapons, right? Mm. And it's you and like a team of four other people versus maybe, I don't know, like five other teams of mm -hmm. four other people. And you are all count each other as psychopaths and you basically only <laughs> win when everyone is dead. So it's kind of like, Dead Rising Battle Royale. I'll do the same. You've got the monstrously massive zombies there as well. And mm -hmm. you could maybe do the twist being that you don't have to, you don't win necessarily by 
killing everyone, mm-hmm. but maybe you get points for how you kill the zombies and in crazy and crazier ways. And mm-hmm. it's the person to hit a, a point cap is the winner. So that it's would like be... you can get by killing other people, or you can just go crazy with all the custom weapons and stuff. Every time I think of it, because every time someone talks about like like battle royale zombies, like the zombie stuff that's in Call of Duty or like some of the PUBG mm-hmm. stuff, I think H1Z1 had it as well. Like that's what I think of. I think of a way more fleshed out version of it where like it has more survival aspects or it feels like it feels like you're in zombie fiction. It doesn't feel like a mod. Yeah. For Call of Duty, that feels like something that's just waiting to be done, like a proper open would, world yeah. zombie battle royale thing. I want to go the arcade route of just being like, you are almost overpowered, that you just mm. mulch through all these people there, but you've got other players as well to contend mm-hmm. with who are also trying to achieve the same goal. I think for me, I don't have, because the thing is, I just think about stuff that I'm missing in my life and I miss brawlers. I miss 3D brawlers. Mm. Like you still get, you know, Street Rage 4. The bouncer, I like the bouncer a lot. The bouncer, the bouncer, urban the, rain. Right, um, the character in the bouncer, the way you could turn into a tiger or a puma. That was the best bit. We're just kind of like, I'm, I'm a puma, I'm a tiger. I'm, I'm a puma, puma I'm, I'm a puma. Ta- I'm a tiger. Um, but the whole thing, that whole, all, like it was in the 2000s and then like it just went away. Like you still get 2D brawlers now like Mother Russia Bleeds and Streets of Rage 4, but yeah. you never get 3D brawlers. And I feel like, like obviously upcoming there's Sifu, which I can't wait to play. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's way more tactile than uh, just launching a guy through a wall or whatever. But like still, that's the closest we've got to an open like 3D martial arts game, which I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to. And then there's Midnight Fight Express, which is sort of like, looks kind of like Def Jam. And I'm like, that's the closest oh, something's yeah. got yeah, to yeah, Def yeah. Jam in ages. Plus the music's like a pumping synthwave thing. Nice. And I'm like, this is my cowboy S so much <laughs> that I'm like, I'll take this. But so that'll be my thing. That's what I'm missing. I would love Def Jam to come back and be a more free form, not story based necessarily, but more level based game mm-hmm. where you pick whatever rapper and you just go through different levels um, doing finishes, doing environmental interactions and stuff like that. Make it more like a story driven over shoulder yeah. thing, but yeah. you can do really cool moves. I would take that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I 
both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, next question from Haley from Haley from the North Pole. What's a remake of a game you would recommend over the original, and what's an original you would recommend over the remake? Bonus points if I don't choose Final Fantasy VII, which is I can't. What am I supposed <laughs> to pick if I can't pick that? I will tell you hands down the remaster or remake that you should definitely not play and go and get the original for, and is that is the. No, it's the 13 one. The 13 <laughs> remake. I know I keep banging on about it, but please, for the love of God, never, ever, Did they never ever... patch that? Did they never patch the no, cell shading? they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't do anything to it, Scott. That's the worst thing about it. Is they were just like, now this seems fine. And it's this, that this little meme of the dog the where the thing's on vision. fire. My thing for uh, play the original over the remake, if I can't do Final Fantasy VII, which I would usually have neon flashing lights over, um, not that, no, I still like the remake enough, but the original's way better, would be the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy originals, because the definitive mm. edition is far from that, and mm. you might as well go play the originals, if only for the more complete soundtracks. Um, Rockstar have patched it this week, or Grove Street Games have, uh, restoring some fog, so it doesn't look like the entire map is a Fortnite map anymore. <laughs> their, their update to it was effectively a visual downgrade. <laughs> like, to, like, to, to add limitations back in. I do love that, though. Part of me loves the, the poetry, the irony of that. Like, we yep. went through, you know, draw distance, and what, what's, what's life going to be like when there's no technological uh, limitations? Well, it's actually going to look terrible, to be honest. Yeah. So can you put the fog back in? Because yeah, yeah. I, I can see too much. So what would we do for the remake that we would suggest over the original, the Spyro remaster? Spyro for me. Mm, I think I would yeah, take the Spyro yeah, trilogy. Play I actually prefer well. Naughty Dog's trilogy for Crash than the remake. Fair enough, um, yeah. The art style, I just kind of prefer the angular look. I think that suits his sort of attitude a bit more. Plus, I just have a soft spot for old school PS1 graphics. That's just me. In terms of other uh, remakes, Resident Evil 2, um, oh, yeah, I would that's... say... They're different oh, games, but yeah, like, they are. They are almost yeah. completely different experiences, aren't they? I just say both in that case mm -hmm. for it. But yeah, the, for the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two, I'd say that that's like for me for personally. Like I know I absolutely love the original games, but mm. if we're being truly honest, it wasn't only. It was only until like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three when the revert came in and you were able mm -hmm, to chain mm -hmm. everything together that the game sort of really took off to the stratosphere. Mm. Like. I think that the remakes of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 that were released like a couple of years ago, they add in all of those tricks oh, yeah. plus the old levels with all of like the old school sensibilities mm. and a banging soundtrack as well. So I was like, oh, they nailed it. Kind of like, it's amazing. Like, they, if, they, if you're going like, to establish like, a rule set on how to do this sort of thing, it's the way that they did it. Like you take the <clears throat> mechanics that came from the sequels and you put them in the originals. That's what I yeah. thought GTA yeah. was going to do and have it so you could jump out of a moving car in GTA 3 or do all but that stuff. Didn't. 
But they but didn't do anything. Did. So, but I think I love that way that the the way that they approached it. Yeah, the Tony Hawk's remakes are stellar, and also all the songs are intact. Like they went out of their way to secure all the songs, unlike Grove Street Games slash Rockstar, who have more money than God, and they couldn't yeah. give me Michael Jackson invitee. So I don't know. But still, <laughs> next question is Nathan R two four six. Hey, legends, hope you're doing well. What movie, game, or book has made you take a better look at yourself and made you change as a person? Mine was the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire when I first watched it when I was five, and it's something I lived by ever since seeing it. The first Spidey was gorgeous back in the day. Mm -hmm. That is an excellent question as well, my friend. It is always good to get some introspection from outside sources as well, because while it's very easy to go through life and just think that you can better yourself through just like the way that you act and treat people, sometimes mm. it is an outside force coming in that allows you that perspective to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Me personally, uh, I read a book called Siddhartha. It's uh, an incredible story about the the sort of life and journey of uh, of Buddha and how his teachings came to be in different forms and how other people react to him and like uh, the lessons that he passes on as well. Mm -hmm. I am not a super spiritual uh, spiritual person at heart. I just believe in treating people well, regardless of your mm -hmm. faith and creed. Like that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. um, but this, I took away from it one specific section which was when Siddhartha is talking to a man as they're crossing a river and he says look at the river itself and imagine that you're the stone at the very bottom of it the good and the bad pass over you but just don't be moved by either mm. and I like that because of the fact that it's very easy to get swept up in the negativity of life and be able to effectively be rolled down that stream mm -hmm. and like to a place that you're not happy with but also sometimes celebrating and overindulging in the good aspects can also have the same effect in you because you don't push yourself you don't basically like stay true to yourself if you're just letting the good stuff dictate where you want to go and who mm -hmm. you want to be. So I really like that mantra of just being like stoic, just yeah. let the good and bad wash over you in equal measure and come out the other side, having learned from it and not reacting I mean, too extremely to either. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, you know, this too shall pass is also one of the best mm. pieces of advice anyone can give anyone, like all the good stuff, all the bad stuff, more so the bad stuff will pass far better. Um, I, yeah, I'm a big believer in that stuff in terms of just like light a candle in the darkness, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and especially in regards to what you said, like all those things are just going to pass you by and that's okay. You don't have to get swept up in the big negative energy yeah. of the day just for the sake of some attention or just for the sake of getting on that bandwagon or whatever it is at that given time. Hilariously, mine is nowhere near as well thought out as that. Mine <laughs> was is probably just going to be something like Metal Gear Solid uh, 5. Because weirdly, I had a whole thing across the early 2010s. I think it's because I went to university and I was just like, I'm I'm past this this over-the-top stuff. This is cringe now, and I'm going to be into serious things. And then all those things didn't go away altogether. But when Metal Gear Solid finally came back around with Metal Gear 5, mm -hmm. um, and I went back and I replayed some of the older Metal Gears, and I was like, I love this stuff. I love how over-the-top <laughs> this is. I love how crazy this is. Um, it's okay to enjoy big, dumb, over-the-top stuff. And I didn't realize how much I was becoming this, or I'd been like, uh, you know, en encased in this sort of university overly critical bubble. And I was like, it's yeah, okay to yeah, just yeah, enjoy yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and not have to overanalyze every last thing. Um, and like I said, that side of me hadn't gone away altogether, but it was a great rekindling of that. And I was just kind of like, yep, yeah, okay, like I can I can enjoy this stuff. And that's and I love Metal Gear 5 and everything, but it's it was just that remembering that it's okay to enjoy the things that you did when you were growing up, because some of those more innocent reasons to enjoy them um, are all, I can be completely valid. Like, you know, you don't have to over criticize everything to the point of yes. not enjoying any, anything. Um, yeah, 100% agree balance. with you on that. 
yeah, it's case by case and everything else. But like that was something for me. So <laughs> Metal Gear Solid and the Book of the Buddha just go, they go right next to each other. <laughs> um, next question from The Gaming Nook. If you and Jules went head to head using only games that began with your initials, who would win? For example, I went with against my housemate and I pitted Bioshock and Halo 3 versus Doom and Skies of Arcadia. I think Ooh. I edged it. Also, Ooh. what advent calendars do you both have? None <laughs> is not an acceptable answer. So, oh, um, mate, I don't have any. I'm have really sorry. I don't, I don't have an advent calendar. Oh, no. mate, I've got... Um, I've got because uh, vegan, vegan chocolate just tastes like ass. They need to step that up. I've got, a, I've got a coffee one that my wife got me, so it's different oh, nice. coffee that we're trying to brew every morning. And then I've got um, some chocolate ones that uh, my mum and my mum-in-law got me. Um, That's so what I'm I should just, do. I should I'm just feasting. get a coffee one. I shouldn't get a chocolate one. I should just Jordan, get something else. There's a whole else. world of savouries. Oh, why haven't I even thought that? I didn't, I didn't even know why I haven't thought of that. <laughs> there's a whole world of them. I tell you um, what, what we time. should do is we should make a UBP take calendar for next year. Ooh. So when you open it up, it's got a game recommendation on the inside or oh, a spicy I'll tell you take. What. That's oh, that's a that's such a good idea. We could do we could do a December uh, gaming advent calendar. So yeah, it's like, this is your it. you'd have to put it with like something like Game Pass, so people have access to these things. But still, I like the idea of doing that. Yeah. Um, man. In terms of uh, games for your initials, so you need something beginning with J and then something beginning with G, unless you Wait, want to so... use your M card in the middle. But that's, oh, that's okay. I might, yeah. Well, I am going to use the <laughs> M card, mate, because the fact that I get to go with uh, Jet Set Radio Future. Oh. Yeah, take that. Then follow okay. up with a with a big heavy dose of Metroid. <laughs> oh, maybe, <laughs> the original like, maybe, Metroid. You're that's road. fine. Then, you could have that. No, no, I'm not the original. I'm just going Super Metroid. Actually, no, I can't mm. do Super because it's Metroid Dread. You could have. I could have Metroid Dread. I'll go for Metroid <laughs> Dread, and then I will finish you off. It's body blow, face punch, <laughs> and then another body blow with the G for God Hand. Oh my God! I you think are stuck, mate. You I think I'm pretty the... much stuck. I, I can I can crawl back to not dead status with uh, Shovel Knight for me personally. I, that's my <laughs> that's my champion, <laughs> my personal <laughs> champion. Um, and T is just going to be Titanfall too because I saw. Uh, the news this morning that the guy, uh, Jason West, who helped put that game together is now going across to Battlefield. So I was like, is Titanfall 3 just just over there now? Oh. Like, we're just not even getting there anymore? Um, you could have been some fellow, I get them confused. You could have gone yeah. for um, uh, Tales of Symphonia. Would have been a I good show. Tales, Tales of Arise is incredible. Oh, Tales of Arise. Well. Tales of Arise is great. But um, I think you would slightly edge that uh, because... Do you not have a middle name? I do not have a middle name other than <gasps> just... Take, I feel like I got. A fr- I feel like I got an extra. You know, <laughs> that was a bit of a cheeky sort that's of rabbit a, that's, punch. That's the way the initials game goes. Sometimes it's just <laughs> the way the cards are going to fall. Uh, but next question from Jack Asbury has who says, "Hey lads, good to be back again." My question is, how excited are you for Spider-Man: No Way Home? And do you think we'll actually get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield? Now we've not talked about this on this podcast. I yeah. don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Before I ruin everything with a hot take. I am super hyped for it. I don't know if you are as hyped as I am for it. No. I don't know because we have... Oh, you're not hyped? Oh, okay. So I am I'm really, really thing. excited, but only because of the fact that I'm like... There are certain times where fan service is okay. And I think that this MCU needs a heavy dose of fan service mm. right now because after the the lull after Endgame has just basically come and just blown all of like our, pa- not patience, uh, endurance out mm-hmm. of the water. Mm-hmm. Like Black Widow didn't do as well. Like uh, Ten Rings was amazing, but still not the sort of fire yeah. underneath the uh, the franchise again that we need to get back into the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spider-Man has been consistently just like, heavy dose of fan service with tons of changes and tweaks along the way. And the fact that they're bringing back so many characters, the fact that we've got Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. I am like, this it's hard not to be swept up in this like my thing and again i'm going to be super it's not that i'm not excited for it at all it's not that i'm not Mm -hmm. curious at all but i also look at it and i can't divorce the business side of it from it because i look at the way that sony have handled stuff and the way that sony have had to broker a new deal with marvel to do spider-man movies at all or marvel Mm -hmm. to be able to do spider-man movies at all 
and I look at the stuff that Sony has in the pipeline and the fact that they won't let the Spider-Man uh, IP go in regards to yeah, movies and TV yeah. and stuff. And so I look at the Venom movies that came out. I look at the fact they have the Morbius movie coming up. I know that they're doing a whole bunch of other stuff that's all tied into the Spider-Verse side of things. And this kind of feels like brand synergy, the movie to me, where I'm just like, okay, really? it's like Sony going like, look, do you know how many properties we've got, lads? Do you know how many different things we can cash in on? Look, at these different, look, I've opened a tear and look, it's Willem Dafoe, yeah. look, it's Alfred yeah. Molina. And I am excited for that, but I'm also aware of just how much they're manipulating my nostalgia for easy money and easy, favorable reception. I don't, you, for me personally, you never get to do that. You never get to cash in on something that I previously loved that built itself up in itself to now cash in on that now and go, well, you love that, you love this. And I'm just like, no, you need to build up. You can't, like, I feel like I know how that movie opens. I know what the big peril thing is. I largely know how it ends because we've seen what looks like the final battle. And yeah. I hope there's so much more to it. I just hope there's more to it. And so I'm trying to divorce the business side of it. I'm trying to divorce Sony being big old a-holes the way that they you know sorted all that stuff out. And I, I just see it as a launch point for the future of Spider-Man movies that only Sony are going to get yeah. increasingly tendril-like over. And that's what makes me weird with it. I feel like you are totally like uh, you're allowed to have your own opinion on that. And I think that it's it's a classic case of hype versus reality. Mm. Like that, this is the perfect clash: uh, mm -hmm. the immovable object versus the incredible Hulk, as it were. The dialogue but, like, in the trailer as well is like horrendous. Like where they're just like, "Oh, what's your name?" and he's like Otto Octavius, and they're like, "Oh, ha ha ha!" Is it really? I'm like, "Is this Ant Man? We I'd, did like, this joke imagine, 10 years right, ago." Imagine right. So I'm Otto Octavius, right? And you just come up and you said that, and be like, "I'm sorry, mate. Your name's Peter Parker. Yeah. You want to cast stones in this very glass yeah, house exactly. that you're living in?" You know yeah. what I've done? I would have gotten my little like uh, octo tendril, right? And as he's laughing, I'm like, oh, I would have mimicked him laughing with the, the like the little mouths of the tent. Oh, you think that's so funny? And then I would have stabbed Ned I just right through the face. Make all of his Lego fall on the floor again. I do like the idea that um, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing the thing where Alfred Molina's arc is helping uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker. I like that yeah. idea. I didn't see that coming. I thought he would just be a villain. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I've read like tiny bits of the leaked script. I read how mm -hmm. it opened. I'm mm -hmm. not going to share them here. Um, but I am very curious just what they do overall with the characters and to make it not feel like things you remember the movie. I don't, I basically, I never want to go into a movie in the modern day and just be doing the Leo meme the whole way through. Like, well, I know what that is. Oh, I know yeah, what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, yeah. something about that makes me at the core quite sad because I'm just like, oh, have all we, have all we got things from the past? I need new stuff. But maybe this has to happen for it to be reborn as something else. You hope like so. so, like maybe we're just getting all of the t the threads tied up so that mm. going forward we get a brand new Spider-Man that is able to forge his own thing. Like at the end of the well, day, well, they've already confirmed I four, five, and six with Holland, so it's definitely going to be at least him. Ah, right. Okay. So I didn't, actually, I didn't actually know I was kind of hoping that he'd die at the end of this one and then Miles Morales <laughs> would just take over. <laughs> well, that could happen because all they've yeah. said is that they're going to do Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6. I don't actually think they've but, said it's with Holland. So that'd, that'd be sweet. If it's if it's 4, 5, and 6, that doesn't necessarily also mean that they're going to be live action ones. Could be uh, Into the Spider-Verse related ones I, where I mean, Holland, gets, Holland gets pulled into that, which would be quite maybe. fun. Maybe. I, I mean, Spider-Verse is my favorite superhero thing across the board. That's the most fun I've had with any superhero thing ever. Do you know what? My mind is actually blowing at the thought of like, it makes so much sense in, in one slant if you right. go uh, Holland from the real world gets pulled into the Spider-Verse because Ooh. then he gets like digitized, right? Imagine okay, yeah. that. Uh -huh. But how mind-blowing would it be if it was the other way around? If the Spider-Verse interrupted the live action universe I mean, I and was that. like, literally like came in with his like 30 frames a second moving. That would actually Nicholas, be amazing. Nicholas Cage comes in as noir Spider-Man. You could have him with the coat on, you could have him with the little the little top hat on. He just comes in and he's he's only he's in black and white. Just do but that. what happens is, is that he opens up a portal, right? As Ghost Rider's riding along, and Ghost Rider <laughs> falls in and Spider-Man noir falls out 
out the other side well, and takes his place. Like, I was the like, thing, there can be only one. The thing that I'm hoping um, for, because obviously they're doing the multiverse stuff, <clears throat> there are rumors of Wesley Snipes doing something as Blade before Mahershala My Ali. My brain takes can't off take all this, baby. So, There's so mention of, because they've got X Men and Fantastic Four are acquired now, mm -hmm. there's mention of Chris Evans returning as Human Torch and meeting his oh new self as Captain God, America. That would be amazing. It's the same actor. I would love that they talk to each other like they did in Endgame, where they talk, like Chris Evans talks to Chris Evans. And oh, um, I don't know if they do so something good. like that. I think all that stuff is crazy banana sandwich, mad frog hat time, but I would love them to go crazy with the multiverse stuff. And I think it's all, apparently that's what the Doctor Strange multiverse movie is. It's just, here's every single thing we own, yeah. every actor we could get back. And we're, we're going to do that. I mean, that seems like it's the, next, it's the next phase for Marvel. I'm curious by that, but I just, on an absolute personal level, cannot get that excited for things I already loved years ago. All I'm just saying, closing remark, is that yes. if the multiverse thing is the way that they're going to go, then actually in terms of like storytelling and craziness, we could actually be in for the kind of uh, Fast and Furious trend for the MCU, mm. which could actually be not terrible. It mm -hmm. could just be like, look, at the end of the day, we're going to kill off a load of characters, but that's fine because it's in this universe. Yeah. Who cares? Like, Well, that's the thing. That's what they did in Loki. And that, that, that like fundamentally made me not care about almost any of it because I was like, oh, well, all of it's just you, in you this You develop a sense timeline. of detachment, don't you? Yeah, because you'd like, think, ah, okay, there's no, nothing like at Marvel, stake. Like comic readers have had that for decades it's always like well you know the, the main timeline is the 616 stuff and whatever else but if you're telling me the you know 10 years worth of movies and investment is just one of infinite timelines and we're going to visualize that then that fundamentally makes me disconnect from it in terms yeah. of yeah yeah maybe you're like, right maybe you're right well there's 50 other peter parkers if this one dies so <laughs> who literally cares but um yeah that's my i've got such an elongated pernickety take on all this stuff <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. That movie will be out in a couple of weeks um, and we'll still be doing UBP on the Friday after that so we can talk about it then. Yeah. Um, uh, a final question from Richard Frutel who says, which game for you has the best stealth elements in video game history? For me, it will be Metal Gear Solid Five simply because of how well they function and how variably the player can utilize them combined with the classic Kojima what the F just happened style story. Now, I'm going I... to the Cell. Yeah, Split, Split Cell is a fantastic thing, yes, but... But I have to kind of think that one of the later games in the stealth genre is probably mm. going to be one of the best mechanically because it's well, had Black more time to really well. Blacklist is a great game. Yeah. It's so underrated when totally. compared to like the thing. I mean, the story was a bit broken <clears> in places, but the <laughs> gameplay element was really good. Mm -hmm. um, I tell you what, uh, do you remember? Is it is it sticks? Strix? Oh yeah, the stick, the the, the little oh, goblin. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sticks, the master of shadow, or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Called. That that was an amazing game to play. Like <laughs> I, I remember just like sneaking around in that and being like, oh, I actually feel like that I'm a like... constantly underpowered, mm -hmm. but really like powerful if I'm in the shadow strike. I can't remember what that's called, but there is a there's a new there's two of them. There's a newer one that's on newer mm -hmm. gen stuff. That game because I had an upgrade from last gen to be nice and smooth and everything. But that feels like such an old school stealth game, like a like yeah. a thief style old yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that feel like of just sort of like, like you know, tactically going through a level one by one, looking at guard patterns, mm -hmm, looking at different mm -hmm. ways to take people out. Um, yeah, I've, I would go any stealth game that lets me do an aerial kill because I always hate when I can't drop on some dude. Yeah, that sucks, doesn't like, it? When you're like <laughs> watching them walk underneath you, and they're just kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? Just drop my shoe on him. Like, like I would be able to do cool, badass stealth kills as I move through a level. That's always the <laughs> thing that's going to elevate it for me, um, which is why I'll say uh, Blacklist ultimately. Like the Batman sections had some amazing mm. stealth bits. I really enjoyed the takedown sections of that. I mean, they weren't the most complex, but in terms of what they were actually achieving with all mm -hmm. the distraction gadgets that you could use and then the, the takedowns, got to admit, they were pretty decent. No, the, I love the um, the mark and execute stuff that came in in, in Conviction mm -hmm. and then was in Blacklist. And I love that thing in Arkham Knight where you can just like target like five people at once and, and then just ping pong between them all. Yeah. I think it's called like a fear takedown or something. Yeah. Um, but I love that in stealth as a genre evolution, like give me a, a power up where I can build it up and then take out like seven yeah. dudes 
in a really cool way. Um, that stuff would be sweet. Um, but yes, thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions, thoughts, whatever you'd like us to ever talk about, including all food and pancake opinions uh, going forward, because we'll always take as many as we can. Now, we got a massive response this week because of all the Spotify stuff, um, which again is phenomenal, but we got so many um, submissions sent in that I think I'm going to carry them across to at least next week. And then the week oh. after that will yep. be, you know, Halo will have been out for a bit. We'll probably talk about Halo next week. Have to do a Christmas special soon, won't we? We'll do a Christmas special and we'll try and pre-record some stuff as well so that we're not away from your ear holes for too long um, but me and Jules need to figure out exactly when we're departing because it's sometime yeah. in the next few weeks there's something um, that I want to raise as well that Scott yes. doesn't know about so oh, I'm God. just bringing this on right now uh, before we start this uh, podcast day we were talking about getting some nice little Untitled oh. Banter podcast mugs made yeah. so you can su- sip your tea while you listen to Scott <laughs> and me if you'd like that uh, just let us know and we'll try and get some made because uh, mm-hmm. it could be quite nice to have some little Untitled Banter podcast sippy mugs yeah Untitled Banter mug cast is what i have for you with that but we have the artwork from the podcast itself which i'm going to go into photoshop and have a bit more tinker around with that it was a rich hudson Mm -hmm. original back in the day so i'm gonna (laughs) rich bless i'm gonna go back in and uh and change that a little bit and then we'll see if we can make it work for like a wraparound mug design but yeah let us know on uh, social media come give us a ting if you uh want one of them in the production in the future Mm -hmm. but for now this has been the untitled banda podcast i've been your host scott tilford joined by jules gill thanks for having me man Thank you to everybody, and it's been the UBP, the UBP, UBP, UBP. the UBP. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.